welcome back to our study of the book of Job. My name is Gregory Baines, and I'm going to be um, glad to bring you this week and next week's lessons here as we wrap up the book of Job. But today, we're going to look at God's speech to Job after Elihu finishes. Um, this is kind of Elihu's last statement in Job chapter 37, verse 24, Therefore men fear him, fear God. He does not regard any who are wise of heart. Um, after Elihu makes this statement, then the Lord answers Job. So, so today we're going to start with that. Um, if you would take out your Bible and turn to Job chapter 38, we're going to read these first 11 verses, then talk a little bit, and then, and then focus really on Job chapter 40 um, and what an interaction that God and Job have uh, together. So get out your Bible. Let's read here Job 38. Uh, verse 1, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who set its measurements, since you know, or who stretched the line on it? On what were its bases sunk, or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who enclosed the sea with doors when bursting forth it went out from the womb? When I made a cloud its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and I placed boundaries on it and set a bolt and doors. And I said, Thus far you shall come, but no farther, and here shall your proud waves stop. Uh, God continues these rhetorical questions to Job. Job, where were you when this happened? Have you seen this? Do you know this for the, the rest of this chapter and then next? And um, this is just God showing his infinite wisdom to Job, just, just a part of it. And after all this questioning, God gets we get to chapter 40 and God asks for a response from Job. So today we're going to look at that response we're going to see what Job says first, and then we'll see how God continues uh, to speak to Job here. So let's let's pray together, and then we'll flip over to chapter 40. Father, thank you for this word that you've given us uh, today to show us who you are, to show us who we are as, as people, as humans. And Lord, I pray today that, that your word would, would pierce our hearts and that we would be convicted of, of our sin and and um, we would repent and turn from it and follow you and know you and be more like Christ today because of, of what we hear from your word now. Um, God, would you just give us insight in, in, into this word and help us to understand um, how we can apply it and live it. In Jesus' name, amen. So to fully understand the significance of this moment here where God asks for a, a response from Job, let's look back at, at chapter 31 and see some of Job's final words in, in his speech. So flip over to Job 31, verse 35. It says here, Oh, that I had one to hear me. Behold, here is my signature. Let the Almighty answer me. In the indictment which my adversary has written, surely I should carry it on my shoulder. I would bind it to myself like a crown. I would declare to him, to the Almighty One, the number of my steps like a prince. I would approach him. Now that God has spoken to Job through the whirlwind and has asked for a response from Job, let's see how Job approaches the Lord in Job chapter 40. Turn back over there. We'll read verses 1 through 5 here, Job 40, 1 through 5. Then the Lord said to Job, Will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? Let him who reproves God answer it. 
Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am insignificant. What can I reply to you? I lay my hand on my mouth. Once I have spoken, and I will not answer even twice, and I will add nothing more. Job's tone has somewhat shifted um, from a few chapters earlier, where he said, I will approach God like a prince with my justification of my righteousness after, in chapter 31, kind of giving a list of, of his morality, where he has been righteous. Um, now, in chapter 40, verse 4, he says, Behold, I am insignificant, or as the King James Version says, vile. Um, and that, that translation was, was good for that time, vile, um, because the word meant something different than it does today. And, and in the Hebrew, it's, it's a connotation of, of lightness, right? Um, so Job is essentially saying, behold, I am, I am light, whereas God, you are, you are heavy. And I see now that I do not weigh enough to be able to speak to you. So Job's tone starts to shift here. He begins to see um, some of the error of his ways, but God is going to continue to speak to him after this. Um, something I found interesting in, in preparation study is a quote from John MacArthur here that says, He, Job, confused a relationship with God with familiarity with God. And by allowing Job to hear just a little of the extent of his ignorance, God showed Job that there was a great deal he would never understand. Um, Job had outkicked his coverage or had gotten too big for his britches, as we would say. Um, and now he is realizing that he has challenged or gotten very close to challenging the character of the God who made all things and knows much more than, than Job does. And now this is where we have somewhat of an advantage to Job. Um, Job knew who God was, had a relationship with the Lord, right? As we saw back in chapter 1, he was a righteous man. Uh, but Job did not have a, a written copy of revelation from God uh, given to him. So, so there were some things that, that Job um, needed to, to learn about God and, and had mistaken his relationship with that sense of, now I, I know fully who God is. And, and for us, we, we have the benefit of being able to look at God's response to Job. And I encourage you to read chapters 38 and, and 39 and, and see just who this God is that, that Job is addressing. And, and God has revealed who he wants us, what he wants to know about who he is in his word. But uh, the fullness of the Lord, we, we are not able to comprehend still. Um, but we do have an advantage to Job. So take advantage of your advantage. Get into the word. See what God has revealed about himself to us. This is, is something for us to know. Let's not just assume um, that because we have made a profession of faith and, and know, have a relationship with the Lord that we know fully who he is or, or have pursued him and knowledge of him enough. So let's continue to pursue God in his word and, and take advantage of that um, blessing, that grace that God gives us in his word. So back to Job, he is beginning to realize some of the error of his ways. And then in, in verse 6, God continues speaking. So Job says, I'm covering my mouth. I'm, I'm going to shut up. I have nothing nothing to say. I am light. I am insignificant compared to you, God. And, and then God answers Job again, verse 6. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm and said, Now gird up your loins like a man. I will ask you, and you instruct me. Will you really annul my judgment? Will you condemn me that you may be justified? Or do you have an arm like God, and can you thunder with a voice like his? 
somewhere in the midst of Job's suffering, um, from the beginning, where his response was, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name, the Lord, after his friends come and, and there's the speeches and the argument back and forth as, as Job is justifying himself and, and really addressing God, uh, he either crosses a line or gets very close to crossing that line. Uh, and this is why Elihu rebukes Job so, so sharply and then why the Lord um, rebukes him now and, and, and answers him now in, in this way. Um, Job, in an effort um, to justify himself, based on verse 8, had um, almost, if not fully, challenged the character of God, and if not by his words, with his heart attitude, um, as we'll see next week when Job has to repent. But but Job has crossed a line or gotten very close to crossing it, and so this is why God puts him in his place in, in such a strong way. When the question that Job asks is, where is my justice? God comes in with, this is who I am, Job. You don't understand. You are not me. You are not wise. You are not there. You don't see the full picture and never really gives Job an answer for, for why he's suffering, um, which was which was Job's question. Now, um, this kind of leads me to think, is it wrong then for us to, to ask questions of the Lord? Um, certainly not. We see that all throughout Scripture, and, and God does not um, come with a strong rebuke when those questions are asked. He is is not um, threatened by our questions, but there is a difference in in going to God with questions. Why, Lord, um, help me to understand, Lord, I have this question for you versus an accusation, God, you are unjust, or, or Lord, this is, is wrong that is happening to me, and, and questioning the goodness and character and nature of God, but it is actually a response of faith when we go to God with the questions, because we know he's the one with the answers, but there is a, a different thing, and this is where Job maybe got way too close to the line or crossed it and, and said, God, you are you are not just here, um, which was certainly not the case. So after um, God gives Job these some more questions, he then challenges Job in verse 10, it says, adorn yourself with eminence and dignity and clothe yourself with honor and majesty. Pour out the overflowings of your anger and look on everyone who is proud and make him low. Look on everyone who is proud and humble him and tread down the wicked where they stand. Hide them in the dust together. Bind them in the hidden place. Then I will also confess to you that your own right hand can save you. God gives a, this challenge to Job and says, Job, do what I do. Then I'll give you the answer you want and justify your claim and say that you can save yourself by your right hand. I, I wish I could give some kind of example comparison here. Like uh, we're in kindergarten and God's got a wall full of doctorates, but that doesn't even begin to illustrate how insignificant we are compared to God. He is adorned with eminence and clothed with honor and he looks on the proud and, and humbles them and makes them low. He hides them. He can do all these things. And, and if you read really 38 through 41, you see how great the Lord is. Um, and this is what Job needed to see as well. This was the answer that God was gracious to give him. And this was a grace here, even though it feels harsh or like a rebuke to Job. This was God explaining and, and revealing his nature and character to Job um, and and showing Job where he has erred. It was 
a, a kind thing of the Lord, a gracious thing of the Lord to show Job where he had, had faltered. And God continues this after verse 14. Um, the Lord ex- talks about behemoth and Leviathan, these two great creatures who no man can stand against and, and conquer, and, and then talks about those creatures being under him that he is the Lord of those creatures and everything under heaven belongs to him. And, and we see um, this is God's conclusion of his speech. But, but before we end today and, and run up on to chapter 42, which is for next week, here's a couple questions for applications. One, what is your view of God? Um, do you feel like God owes you something? Um, does the, does the, the word of God inform who God is to you or... Have you kind of decided and built a God in, in your image that, that you want to worship? Let's, as believers, let God's word tell us who he is. Let it instruct us. Let us be reminded of the greatness of God and, and remember our insignificance. And the only thing that makes us significant is that our creator calls us significant to him. He is the one who does that. And let's remember the graciousness of God to Job in this. God is so kind to answer Job's question with a just a huge barrage of examples of the wisdom and greatness of God. Um, and that's what we need to be reminded of today. So take time, get in the Word, remember how great God is, and, and let that um, change your view of, of who you are and your problems and, and all your suffering. Look to the Lord for those things. So after God speaks to Job, he talks about the creature's And then Job um, has a response to the Lord that we will look at next week. Um, But let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank him for his answer um, to Job that was not the answer Job expected. And pray he'll help us to understand suffering better because of this. Lord, thank you um, that you are great, that you are wise, that you are there at creation, that you are over all things, that even the great beasts that no man can stand against, God, you you rule over all and you know so much. And, and Lord, we know that we don't understand suffering and other things, God, and thank you that you are a trustworthy God who, even though we don't understand, Lord, we, we can trust your character and your goodness and I pray that you would, would help us uh, to do that in the midst of suffering many I'm, I'm sure hearing my voice now are in the middle of some suffering or have been through it. God, and I pray that you would give us grace to have a faith-filled response that is trusting of you, that we don't question your character and your goodness, but instead we, we run to you and submit ourselves before you and, and um, trust your grace and mercy. I pray for my brothers and sisters that we would view you rightly, uh, all of us, and that we would get our view of you from your word and not make a God in our image. Um, Lord, will we trust you and see your greatness this week? Would you be kind to us in that? In Jesus' name, amen.